Hello and welcome to another edition of the Solid Rock Minnesota podcast, a place to swing by for a brief moment for some stories or news and things to ponder. It's a place to take a small pause from your busy life. So grab yourself some coffee or a mug of tea or a pop as we like to call it here in the North Country and kick back for a moment. Take a breather. This past week, we finally got to spend a couple days and do some traveling and camping in our latest camper. Finally, Big Eddie, our Ford Expedition that we bought a little bit ago, and the camper we bought after many trials and errors with the bigger camper and the dam camper and the RV guzzler, well, finally, Big Eddie and the new camper got hitched. Originally, we were going to go to Nashville to see our son, who had recently moved there from California. But due to timing and new jobs and schedules, that trip won't be happening until possibly early December. So we decided the best plan would be to do some camping within Minnesota and try out the new camper for the first time. And also try out Big Eddie pulling the camper for the first time. Kind of sort of like a maiden voyage. So instead of hurrying to pack and hustling out the door early Saturday morning as originally planned, We casually spent Saturday packing up and figuring out how we were going to make a place in Big Eddie for the two big dogs to ride in comfortably. We have a 75-pound Labradoodle named Max and an even bigger yellow lab named Zoe. While they're awesome traveling companions, they take up a lot of space. We put the two rows of seats down in the back and separated the middle area for them to stay. It was a perfect place for them to crash and sprawl out with windows all around them to look out the countryside. I started to think our four kids didn't have it as nice as these two four-legged animals. But then again, the kids didn't take up as much space sprawling out as these two do. Once everything was in the camper, it was time to hitch up Big Eddie. Over the years, this has become my most dreaded task of traveling preparations. I know for a fact this is not the favorite task of any traveling partner and the person behind the wheel hooking it up, but it gets magnified doing this with a deaf person who really doesn't listen anyway and watch for your hand signals until I have to go to his window and pound on the vehicle or on his shoulder. But the time had come to hook up the camper. I took my position between the camper and Big Eddie and started making my hand gestures for him to come back slowly and to aim the bumper left or right, and it never fails. When he is spot on and about two inches away, he will bypass my instructions and put it in drive and pull ahead to start all over again. And then this is about the time I throw up my arms in the air and ask myself, because he's not listening, of course, but I'll just ask myself, what the heck are you doing? And the process will begin again to get that back of the car matched up with the front of the camper. I can only say that after 42 years of marriage, hitching up a camper is not for the faint of heart or anybody in a weak marriage. But for whatever reason, backing up Big Eddie to hitch it up to the camper went smoothly without any issues or wild gestures on my part or pulling forward just as the bumper was ready to meet the hitch. Maybe Big Eddie and this camper are more visible to the one backing up the hitch. I don't know, but it worked out pretty well. Once the camper was hitched up and everything was secured inside, it was time to head out. The dogs, sensing they were going to go with us on this adventure, had been waiting inside Big Eddie for an hour at least while we packed the camper and hitched it up. They had each claimed their spot in the back and were napping while we finished everything up. 
Off we set down the driveway to the graveled road and out onto the highway for six days of camping. We had decided to go more north and see if leaves were more colored up there. And then after a day or two in the north country, we were going to go and head to western Minnesota and then maybe south and check out some of the state parks we have yet to go to. Our retirement goal over the next few years is to check out every state park in Minnesota. We have plenty and all over the state, which is just really nice. A person can go from almost mountains and a lake that can feel like an ocean in the very northeast part of Minnesota to cowboy land or prairie land in the west and the southwest, and even to the river bluffs in the southeast Minnesota. Minnesota has so much variety, it's possible to feel like you've traveled all over the United States without even leaving the state. We both are looking forward to doing more in-state traveling and camping between the visits out of state to the kids. Our first campsite that we were going to go to was Itasca State Park. That's at the Mississippi Headwaters. So we pulled in and we got a beautiful sight by the lake for the first night. The spot was reserved after that, so if we wanted to stay at that campground, we'd have to move to another campsite for the next night. After driving a few hours in the wind and the pouring rain, we were glad to park and plug the camper in and have some coffee and tea and just warm up inside. We watched out the window as the waves were kicking white caps out on the lake and the rain was now coming sideways against the camper. As we sat there, we both agreed this was much better than tenting or even the conversion van or any other camper or RV that we've had over the years. We were warm and dry and able to move around. We started talking about how this camper seemed more like a cabin than a camper. All the amenities like a fridge and a sink and a bathroom, it just made it feel more like a little cabin on wheels. And everything actually worked. That was like really fun for us because usually we have some repairs we got to do. And then it came to us, a name for the new camper. It was really not a new camper. It was used. It was nice, so it wasn't thought of as the damn camper, and it wasn't hard on gas, so it wasn't thought of as a guzzler. It was at that moment we christened the camper, the cow, the cabin on wheels. Yep, that was what we'd call it, Big Eddie and the Cow, our new traveling retirement rig. Well, the next day was sunny and beautiful after an all-night rain. We went to where the Mississippi River begins its journey south to the Gulf of Mexico. We crossed over it and let the dogs wade around in it before walking back to the gift store to get a few postcards to send to the grandkids. While inside, we got to visit with the gift shop employees. This is one thing that I really love about traveling, is getting to meet people from the area. It was a great conversation as we all own electric bikes. We were able to hear about all the miles and miles of bike trails in the area. The park itself has incredible trails, not to mention the MRT trail that runs through the park. The Mississippi River Trail, it's got hundreds of miles of trails, not on a roadway. It's just a paved bike trail. Our very first time to Itasca State Park was close to 32 years ago when we had gone there with our four kids, and they were pretty young, and we had a big van and a tent. As we went by that campsite we had been to years ago, the memories came flooding back to me. It was early summer, and the kids had just finished school. They were about ages two, four, five, and seven at the time. We had pitched the tent, and the kids were exploring around the campsite. 
my best half was getting ready for a campfire. I was sitting at the picnic table and started feeling dizzy, and then I got a headache, and then I started feeling really queasy. I grabbed the ice cream bucket used for putting fish guts in when we cleaned them and proceeded to puke my guts out sitting at the picnic table. I couldn't move, so I just sat there while other campers, I'm sure, were getting grossed out at this crazy lady puking. I was feeling sicker and sicker as the minutes passed by. My head was pounding. I was puking in a bucket in the middle of a campground, sitting on a picnic table. Could it get any worse? As I sat there and tried to pull myself together, I watched the kids. They were in their swimsuits, and we were going to go swimming at the lake once we had the camp set up. One by one, I watched three of them start scratching at their backs and arms. Mosquitoes? Maybe. Pretty soon they had spots on their backs and arms, but not looking anything like a mosquito bite. And then I remembered it. Two weeks before, our four-year-old had come home with chicken pox. Great. The other three were breaking out with chicken pox. I wasn't a nurse back then at the time and never thought about the other kids being exposed and breaking out when we were on vacation. I sat there with the ice cream bucket in my lap and I started to cry. I was so sick. The kids were breaking out with chicken pox literally right before my eyes and I wanted to go home. The three kids began to feel miserable and had fevers and were itching. My best half looked around at the site and he saw me crying. He and the four-year-old started packing up to go home. It was about 9 o'clock, and there was a four-hour drive ahead of us. He basically threw everything into the back in a heap in the one-ton van. He loaded the kids up in their car seats, and he threw me in the way-back seat by myself with my bucket. I truly believe other campers were glad we were leaving. They probably had had enough of my retching and puking. It was a long drive home for the two healthy ones up front. But the four-year-old managed to stay awake and work out as a co-pilot. Little did I know my best half was driving with one eye closed as he had a migraine and probably was getting what I was had. About 2 a.m. we were home and the kids were in bed and I was finally done puking. We all slept in late through the morning. And when the kids woke up, they were all 100% covered with chicken pox and had fevers. The next week was spent trying to keep them entertained and not scratching themselves. The TV got a good workout that week. And then there was the very last time we were camping with the kids up at Itasca. We were generous and let the kids spend the night in the old RV. His name was Harvey. And we pitched the tent and spend the night in there. They had reached junior high and senior high school age and liked the RV and the comforts of a mattress over a sleeping pad on the ground. Along about supper time, we saw the park ranger go by hauling a large cage past our campsite, about 20 yards from our tent. It was some kind of a looking trap of some sort. They dropped it off there, and we assumed that they'd get it later and put it closer to the dumpsters, which were farther down the road. That night, we crawled into our little tent we had set up far away from the RV and the lights. The kids were settled in for the night, and we were dozing off when we heard a metal ruckus on the other side of us. The trap must have been tripped, and we figured a raccoon or raccoon family got trapped inside, and so we fell asleep and just were feeling a little bit safer through the night. But all night long, we could hear snorting and banging on the cage. 
That morning, we awoke to a lot of conversation just on the other side of our site. It was other campers and the DNR guys over by the bear trap. Yep, they had caught a bear that night. The only problem was they couldn't get too close to it because another bear was sitting on top of the trap waiting for his buddy to be freed. All night long, we had heard the bear trap rattling around and thinking the raccoons were trying to get out. Little did we know there was a big bear inside it and another completely loose just a few yards away from our tent trying to open the trap. You have to love Minnesota wildlife. When they aren't racing across the roads and dodging you and your car as you're coming down the highway, they're perched atop their friends a few yards away from you as you sleep. Well, after reminiscing about the past trips to Itasca with the kids, we decided to unhitch the cow from Big Eddie and take a drive up to Bemidji, maybe about 30 miles away, and look around for old time's sake, and go to the state park there that was on the lake. So we drove, and we had a picnic at the park, and let the dogs run around into the water, and we decided to head back to our campsite. On the way, the brakes on Big Eddie started getting spongy. The week before, we had just had the brakes fixed and a whole new master cylinder and lines put in it. It had been really expensive, but we also knew that we were going to have to have it done when we had bought Big Eddie. By the time we got back to our campsite, we pretty much had no brakes at all, unless they got pumped several times to build up the pressure. After discussing that more wet and windy weather was coming our way and not knowing how the brakes were going to respond with the cow hitched up to it, we decided we probably needed to head home in the morning to avoid the weekend traffic and the wet roads ahead and no brakes. Just another chapter in the adventures of our travels. It's about normal for us. The next morning we hitched the cow up to Big Eddie without a single thought of divorce from either of us. It was the smoothest hitching we ever have had in 42 years. Maybe a couple of old dogs have learned some new tricks over the past few decades. We had everything stowed away and we set out for home. It was a scary and slow drive home. We did finally make it and got unhitched and brought Big Eddie in to get it checked out. Turned out that new master cylinder was faulty and bad, so a new one was put in. Fortunately, we made it home safe and we didn't have any bill to pay because it was covered under a warranty. We still have a few days before Monday morning work starts for my best half. Unfortunately, it's been raining and windy most of the time. We've been doing odds and ends around here and just getting ready for winter when it comes. And it feels like it's going to be sooner than later. This week, after 38 years working at the same company and driving up and down the road Monday through Friday, my best half will be letting them know he's going to retire December 3rd, less than 50 days away. The past few months, we've been preparing for that moment. We've been finding a way to travel safely and comfortably, and finally, we think Big Eddie and the cow will be the ticket. We've been trying to simplify things around here, too, since it's only the two of us and the dogs right now. We have good neighbor friends down the road who will keep watch on the farm and keep the chickens fed and watered in return for fresh eggs daily. Neighbors looking out for each other is common in Minnesota, and it makes us very grateful for them. I think we're ready for us both to be retired after all these years. Bring it on. Thanks for listening to the Solid Rock Minnesota podcast. Time is precious, and we're very grateful and appreciate the time you have taken to give us a listen. 
If you'd like more information about Solid Rock, Minnesota, or you'd like to hear some of our other podcasts, you can find them, along with our blog and Monday Morning Music, at our website, www.solidrockminnesota.com. You can also contact us there if you'd like your free Solid Rock, Minnesota bumper sticker. Just message us a place to send it, and we'll pop it in the mail. Until next time, may you be filled with life, love, laughter, family, and friends, people who truly know you. Many blessings.